0: You ready? Oh. All right. Welcome to the worst of the best podcast. You wanted the best. Well, they didn't freaking make it. So here's what you get from Canada Ryan and Jason. Jason. Welcome to the Worst of the Best podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me today, again, guest host, still my brother, Jason. How you doing?
1: I appreciate being here, Ryan. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, it's good to be back on your show.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you back. You know, I have rotating guest hosts, which is always fun, but I, I will admit, obviously, doing it with uh, you and Ruben, the uh, OG uh, host there. It's easier to do with family, just because, you know, your family, there's no, like, awkwardness so to speak maybe it's a less engaging conversation for our listeners maybe better podcasters have gone on before you and ruben who've worked with me but you guys as far as i'm concerned i get to hang with my brother so that's cool
1: it is a good opportunity to catch up hang out for sure talk
0: about things that are usually interesting or entertaining so i discovered this is just a little side note for our Tens and tens of listeners. Uh, a little side note here. I Google, as I sometimes do, I Google my podcast just to see where I might show up on the interwebs. And there is another podcast that just started in like November called The Worst of the Best podcast, verbatim. And they have a black and white lettering like we have on our podcast as well. Wow. That's not cool. And guess what their premise is? They focus just on music, but they pick artists and pick the worst song from that artist. This is not coincidental. No. It sucks completely. They're probably getting better numbers than we are, which is the irony. (laughs) Or not. Or not. Who knows? But it's legitimately the same name as our podcast, and the same concept, but focused just on music. Right. Well, hopefully they get bored of the... uh... We only release once every two weeks anyways, sometimes once every week. But for the most part, we're once every two weeks. And it looks like they're once a month-ish. And they haven't released anything since the beginning of December already. So it's already been a month. So I'm hoping they die out. See, I've been pumping out this show for nobody for a long time. So I I can do this forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if they can't handle getting not very many listeners they are already bowed out of the program, well, that's why we'll stick around for the long haul. But for better or for worse, this show's going to be around for a while.
1: I really like
0: this format well they did too apparently
1: (laughs) i don't know why you don't have more than 10 listeners i don't know i i think the concept is great so i guess it's just we that suck yeah probably (laughs) maybe the hosts were better you'd have a better
0: uh audience that would be the crazy irony is they've taken our concept ran with it maybe they're doing a better job that's fair. All right. We're the beta cassette tape to their VHS. You know what I mean? They uh, took the same program, but just made it more accessible, better. I don't know. Easier to operate. Who knows? I don't That's- have the heart to listen. I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious. I'm almost tempted to listen to the show and break it down on our show a little bit. Take an episode.
1: You know what you should do is uh, you should contact them and be a guest host with them.
0: No, I actually already wrote on their one of their, one of their podcast walls. I just said, hey, you literally took our logo format. Name of a show. I said, either it's an accident or it's not, but do some research. It's not cool. The first thing I did when I did my Rocky podcast and when we did this podcast, the first thing we did. It did literally, any podcaster knows, the first thing you do is Google or search on iTunes podcast. Does anyone have your freaking title?
1: Well, yeah. So if you're like a rock band, the first thing you do is search the internet to see if anybody yeah. else has the name of the band. If you're a company, the first thing you do is like, does anybody have the name of this yes. company? Because you want to be unique in your own. It's just common sense to do that. So it's hard to believe that in this day and age, nobody would have
0: Google searched. Yeah, it's insane. It makes me angry. The only thing I can hope for is if they are popular and people search them out, that they stumble on our show too. That's the only thing I can hope for. Are you
1: that desperate for listeners?
0: Maybe. <laughs> I could I could use five more. That'd be great. It's a little bit irksome because it's like someone literally is taking your product and...
1: Here you are begging for five more listeners and then you have me on as a co-host.
0: Yeah, that's true. We're going to lose the other oh, five. I know. No. At least her mom will listen. <laughs> Ruben doesn't even listen to the podcast. <laughs> he, blame him? I guess not. All right. Well, here we go, guys. All We're right. excited for this. Uh, this is actually a, a really fun topic. When I did the research for this, sometimes I've, you know, I've done topics. From, oh, maybe it wasn't the best topic. <laughs> maybe that's part of the problem, why nobody listens. But this was actually really, uh, a really interesting one to read about, only because I'm a big Facebook user. I've slowed down my usage and it has nothing to do with The reasons that we're going to talk about, we'll get to the topic in just a second, but my own personal Facebook use, I have, you know, just like everyone else, I've used it for 13 odd years, whatever, since it came out. I've had mixed feelings about it, uh, mixed feelings about technology, social media in general. Overall, my Facebook feeling is it's a necessary evil in the same way that, you know, emissions from fuel and cars, it sucks, the environment, it it sucks for the environment, but it's like, man, I'm never not going to drive. Right. I'm sorry. Like as much as I like the environment, I need my car. Now, I'm not say like I need social media or a, a social platform, but it does provide a lot of things. It's just very easy. I got news to share with friends or, or anyone that cares, family or anyone that cares, I should say. Then I'm like, hey, I got a job promotion. Great. I didn't have to make 30 phone calls. I could just – people could say hey, congratulations or we're moving or all these things that are happening in my life right now recently. It's just an easy way to get the word out, a picture yeah, from it Christmas or – streamlines the line of communication in a lot of situations. For example, if you're moving – you
1: could just make a post and then everybody that you know air quotes cares about you at least is aware that you're moving you don't have to write 30 letters and 30 different address changes to a whole variety of people it streamlines exactly. a lot of communication i use it a little less than you I, I typically use just family orientated conversation or interactions i'm never one very good at advertising things about myself or things that i'm Kind of like really involved, you know. You have a couple podcasts. You're a little bit more engaged in that way. And the only way for you to get listeners is to advertise through social media, or else no one will know
0: about you. They would. No
1: one will know to copy you without social media.
0: (laughs) I know. I know the irony. Whoever started the podcast, if you're listening to our show, I don't know. Can you just say, "Hey, I'm sorry"?
1: Give them a cease and desist order. Yeah, I know.
0: It's all fine. You know what? If there's 100 of our shows, 100 of our what, what are you going to do? You know, old joking aside, the concept, I guess, isn't that original because there's a lot of best of podcasts, there's movie podcasts, there's a variety of different podcasts. I guess it's just weird. They literally, it's the same name. But, anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's the weirdest part. Concept I don't really care about, the the actual name and the logo art is similar. But anyways, okay, so back to Facebook. Necessary evil, something that I've had mixed feelings about, but if you're on the fence about Facebook, this episode today will make you even (laughs) more angry at Facebook. What we're discussing today is the top 10 unsettling things Facebook knows about you and how. It's really quite fascinating. And you're going to say to yourself, like, what do you mean? Of course they know my name. Okay. They know my interests because I've put likes here and there. And you know, people aren't that surprised when if you're to tell them, hey, did you know that Facebook knows XYZ about you? So we all know that Facebook kind of pries into our personal lives. That's the whole point of it, and what we volunteer to it. But there's things that we don't volunteer to it that Facebook gets from you. And so what this list is actually very intriguing is the things that you didn't personally kind of post or say anything about, but they are able to glean from your activity and who you are and figure out quite a bit about you even more than you might know something that happened this
1: past week as far as facebook goes that was interesting is my family has a private facebook group where we share funny memes and you know maybe a little bit off color jokes or whatever that we glean you know that we glean off the internet my daughter shared a picture that facebook i mean it was like literally just almost like an onion somebody just made it like a right and they, through their algorithms, thought it was offensive, which it isn't, and banned my daughter's post in our private family group. And now she has to be moderated for the next little bit for every
0: post that she... Yeah, so it's a private do. group to it's the Facebook public, so to speak, but not to Facebook. Right. right. Yeah.
1: And they literally picked up on this picture, Yeah. which yeah. there's nothing wrong with the picture. It's a picture that I don't want to get into, right. but it is a picture that everybody... In America, we'll have seen right. this past two weeks, and it was just like an onion article. It was—it's just—it's uh, right. a satire.
0: Yeah, I, you actually—you showed me the picture when you told me this story, and I don't mind saying it. it was about the Capitol Hill and all the costumes, something to do with that. And it was, but it didn't even say anything like anti-Trump or anti-government or anti-establishment. No, so. It was just making fun of the the get-up these people were wearing, almost. But exactly, yeah. But the yeah. algorithm was like, "Oh, you're talking about Capitol Hill, off to jail you go." Yeah. Yeah. Interesting how quick that happened. Yeah. At any rate. Okay. So that's, yeah, very interesting. So we're going to start. Well, speaking of politics there, Jason, why don't you start with number 10? Yeah.
1: Number 10, your political ideology. Facebook knows your political ideology, even if you have never revealed it on any of your apps or like the page of a political candidate. Facebook determines your political leaning by looking at your activities across its services. It then uses this information to categorize you as liberal, moderate, or conservative how facebook really narrows down on your political beliefs remains unclear some analysts think it tracks your interactions with politically exposed associations for instance liking or interacting with facebook page of say the national rifle association will leave facebook to conclude you are a conservative at the heightened tensions that we're all being exposed to this is one that oh it's not surprising that they can pick up sure this is not surprising they can pick up your political leanings. I do very little on Facebook regarding politics. Actually, very little anywhere because I just find it, for me personally, it is too contentious mm, uh, yeah. for my own personal skin. I don't think it, there's a lot of worthwhileness, You know, it's not worthwhile to me to participate. But every seems like the last couple of years, last year in particular, every second post I see is a political one. So I don't think it'd be too hard for them to pick up on that.
0: No, and that's just how they do it. So there you go. You don't even have to say, I am a conservative, or I am liberal, or I am whatever party, just by the information you, and the articles you click on to read even. <laughs> and, and the
1: scary thing, though, uh, of late, I mean, just within my own family, like that one post, it being deemed something to them as if it had anything to do with politics. It was just a satire picture, right. satire meme. So that's where, the for me, the concern starts to creep in is... They start dictating what people can communicate about, even in jest, even in humor. It is a little bit unsettling.
0: All right. Number nine, your love life. So Facebook knows when you're in love. Yeah. Months before you officially post it on your profile or wall. How do they do this, Jason? Well, thanks to years of analyzing billions or even trillions of data points, Facebook can accurately predict the behavior two would be lovers portray. So Facebook data scientist Carlos Dieck breaks down what happens in the days leading up to immediately and following two Facebook users beginning the relationship. Up until the day the two make it official, Facebook notices an uptick in the number of timeline posts you and your soon-to-be significant other make on each other's walls. This is the metric that gives it all away. He writes, we observe a peak of 1.67 posts per 12 days before the relationship begins and a lowest point of 1.53 posts per day 85 into the relationship. Presumably couples decide to spend more time together so courtship is off and online interactions give way to more interactions in the physical world. So even though there are fewer messages being sent between star-crossed lovers the longer they're in a relationship the content of the interactions gets sweeter and more positive. So by using statistical methods to automatically analyze a set of aggregated, anonymized timeline interactions, they've counted the proportion of words expressed positive emotions like love, nice, and happy, minus the proportion of words expressing negative ones like hate, hurt, or bad. So in conclusion, before a relationship officially kicks off, the two soon-to-be participants are communicated often via Facebook. They later use the site to say fewer things to each other, but those things tend to be more positive. Hmm. No, on Facebook, how it has like on this day in your timeline or whatever, on this day, five years ago, 10 years. yeah, Yeah. Memories. Well, things will come up from when I was divorced and when I was single. So between marriages, I'm married now and I was married before. And I have certain time periods where I have certain females posting on my wall or posting on my comments and stuff so that still comes up like so-and-so said this on a post I made or whatever and it's weird to see someone be like oh you're this or you're that like obviously you know flirtatious words one of the posts there was a girl I had dated and a girl that I had yet to date both commenting under my Facebook it was just interesting to kind of see like where I was during this time what Facebook would have analyzed one individual is with me and one has yet to be with me but both are interested in me and so you can see Facebook analyzing that data.
1: Yes. Okay. So there's a particular person on my Facebook. I didn't know really their backstory. They're from way in the past. And it came to my knowledge that I think they're going through like a divorce, though it wasn't really publicly said. And I could see another person that's going through a divorce and that person communicating with the other person. And like I could pick up. On their interaction, or at least this girl's interaction. Maybe I shouldn't say any of this. Exactly what you're talking about. You could see the uptick, right? Like you could see liking, hearting, yeah. Caring, yeah. and then make a little comment, or I'm like, oh my goodness, it's hilarious. Sure. Yeah. Now, going back to the relationship stuff, my current girlfriend I met on Facebook through a private group. Facebook has its pluses and it has its minuses, and people can connect. With a whole variety of people they wouldn't have otherwise have access to or be able to become familiar with these people kind of in a safe, harmless way. In the group, I went to her profile and just did my own little call creeping.
0: <laughs> okay, I was okay. Everybody to. creeps, you don't oh, come on.
1: <laughs> she reached out to me and added me, asked me to be a friend because I guess she creeped on my page. You know, a few years later, we're, we're still together.
0: So, shout out to um, Mary, yo.
1: Yeah. So as much as I struggle with Facebook, there are pluses and minuses to of course. social media, as we've talked about before. I would suspect we fell into some of these early indicators that Facebook would have picked up on.
0: Absolutely. For better or worse. For better or for worse. All right. Number eight,
1: Yeah. Okay. Your call, SMS and MMS logs are being looked into. So every call, SMS, an MMS, you send or receive Facebook, saves those details. It saves everything about these phone calls, including names, phone numbers, color and receipt and date, time, duration of the call. Now, this is something I would never have guessed. The other ones I get, because they're more of a social experiment, this one is more a uh, technical invasion, I think. Facebook retains this information for years. In 2018, some users who downloaded their data archives containing information Facebook had on them found call logs, text messages dating back to 2015. iOS had a little less invasion of privacy compared to the Android devices. And of course, in usual fashion, Facebook denied that they had access to Android This is partly true because since the feature was auto-opt-in, particularly with early versions of Android, you automatically agree to it by downloading using the Facebook app. Facebook is tracking your phone calls, your text messages, and probably all our Messenger app uh, conversations, and that's not cool.
0: Honey, pick up some milk and butter. I'm sure that's not all the conversations that are picked up though. No, (laughs) I I don't want to know when my older two boys are 22 and 29 uh, 22 and 20 right now. But when they were uh, 12 and 14, 13 and 15 respectively, they wanted Facebook kind of a newer software at the time. And, and I was like, okay, I just got to monitor their, I just want to make sure they're being safe, you know, on the internet, they're just young teens. Told them, I said, I, I, just so you know, I'll be periodically checking your chats and your Facebook activity, just make sure you're being safe and good. It's funny how quickly I just didn't care anymore. Meaning like I I knew they were just talking about whatever and and I just stopped reading it because it's like, oh, so I always just find it interesting. I wonder like is there's just so much boring garbage and and of course there's illicit activity going on too and uh, illegal activity too. Does it say what they do with this information or they just have it? I don't see what they use it for. You got to figure there's Facebook employees that just get off on this stuff. Come on.
1: Yeah, and I suspect it's the same way that – Like reading someone's diary? Or even the way government uses this type of information. They're probably just scanning for ads. They pick up certain keywords, certain things probably to create ads that are more specific to you. I don't think it's really people really
0: listening. I'm sure they could. They're just picking up data. It's data points. There's no physical listening with their ears. Unlikely. Because think about how many Facebook – I think it's a billion – like billion Facebook users, there's not enough manpower to monitor every conversation in text. Like it, by the human ear, it would have to be. It's all AI. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm sure if somebody in the government or something finds a real need for it, it's backed up somewhere.
0: We've already given off a few points here and people who are on the fence about Facebook and its user are probably like, you know what? I'm already thought about deleting Facebook, getting rid of it. Jason and Ryan have convinced me enough of this. I'm just going to, after this episode, I'm going to delete my Facebook. Well, I got news for you guys. Number seven. There are still many people who do not use Facebook or have deleted their Facebook accounts over privacy concerns that we just talked about. However, folks, this does not mean that you are free of Facebook's nosiness. Facebook minds your business, even if you do not use its services. It knows you exist and has created what's called a shadow profile for you on Facebook. Now, what is a shadow profile, you say? Well, simply put, let's imagine a simple social group of three people. You have Ashley, Blair, and Carmen. Three girls. Okay. They all know each other and have each other's email addresses and phone numbers in their phones. Now, if Ashley joins Facebook and uploads her phone contacts to Facebook servers, Facebook can proactively suggest friends to whom she might know based on the information she uploaded. For now, let's imagine that Ashley is the first of these three friends to join Facebook. The information she uploaded is still used to create shadow profiles for both Blair and Carmen. Kind of like waiting in the shadows. So that if Blair and Carmen join, they will be then recommended as Ashley as a friend. Next, Blair joins Facebook and she uploads her contacts from her phone. And thanks to the shadow profile, she has a ready made connection to Ashley in Facebook's People You May Know feature. At the same time, Facebook has learned more about Carmen's social circle, in spite of the fact that Carmen has never used Facebook. So, that third friend who's never joined it, Facebook knows who her friends are, their interests, and everything like that, and therefore has never agreed to its policies for data collection.
1: So, it's just like it was building on that other point. Yeah. Right? Those conversations, those text messages, those phone calls. It is gathering enough data points that they can pinpoint other people. Even if they're not on Facebook, they're collecting information on people that you're associating with. It's kind of like the six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon, right? Eventually, we are going to find how we're all connected, and Facebook just has so much
0: data that's collected on everybody that eventually you're not going to be immune to being found out. So to you heroes who've deleted Facebook, they still have stuff on you. Exactly.
1: You know, Our mom might be on Facebook. Eventually, they're going to be able to figure out that who her sons are, even if we aren't on Facebook, there might be a comment or a reference. Eventually that data point will lead back to other people.
0: All right, number
1: six. Now speaking of data and them collecting information on you, this is a big one, your location. Not only Google collecting all the information about where you are and where you've been, Facebook is right up there and doing the same thing. It knows where you are at every moment. And if you feel that that is creepy, we should add that it also stores this information on its servers. So it knows everywhere you have been, how long after you have left and probably forgotten you were ever there. Facebook tracks you using the Facebook app on your phone. The app tracks you every time, even when it's not in use. Facebook offers everyone the option of limiting the app's tracking feature or even switching it off completely. But as others have found out, Facebook still tracks you even if you opt out. While it will no longer rely on using the location features on your phone, it will resort to using your Wi-Fi, IP address, Bluetooth, browsing habits, places you check into, and other contents you upload to the site to determine your location. Unlike the location feature, you cannot turn this
0: one off. Data, 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 right? I mean, there's just no hiding from Facebook. No, or your phone. Mm -hmm. It's like they say, you got to get off the grid, and really the only way to get quote-unquote get off the grid is to literally have on your person what you would in 1970.
1: Even cell phones while turned off can be found. And so really the only way to get off the grid is to get rid of your cell phone.
0: That is the only real way. You can't even turn it off without it being able to be found. I remember when cell phones first came out and just how excited we were that we could make a call outside our house. Because it used to be, well, obviously, it used to be that you could only get a hold of somebody in their home or if you knew their place of work. So basically, like, oh, Charlie works eight to five at this office, so we can call him at the office. Look up in the phone book his office. Get the, You know, hey, can you pass him into Charlie? And there you go. Then Charlie's home from work at five. You know, you can call him after five. And then you don't call him after nine because people are going to wrap it up and go to bed. That's the way it used to be. <laughs> and now it's, it's it's insane. Now I know where Charlie is between work, after work, what he's watching on TV. And and then we have data points of where he went on vacation and stuff. It's It's insane.
1: We freely give up the information because we want to show off that we were on vacation. And then even when we don't want to show off our information, they've still have taken it from us. The only way you communicate with somebody, almost only way, was when you saw them in person or you kept your word. I will see you at the movie theaters yeah. at 7 p.m. You had to keep your word. You had to yeah. be there
0: for seven We days. waited, man. We waited for you. You didn't show up. We're not missing the movie without you, man. Sorry, we're out of here. Like, where were you guys? <laughs> There's no way to say, hey, I'm five minutes late, or I'm
1: here, but I don't see you. You just had to carry on. But nowadays, we give away
0: everything about ourselves. I kind of miss. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, brother. Well, then we wouldn't be But then again, we talk about, t- I love podcasting. I truly enjoy it. And I joke about I have a small audience, which I appreciate you guys listening. So those who are listening, I appreciate you. But that's what I, I enjoy doing it. That's the thing. It's a small hobby. I enjoy doing it. And I can't do it without technology. And I can't advertise it without social media. So it's.
1: But then social media made it so that you have to have a podcast to advertise. Do we really need podcasts?
0: That's an interesting dilemma. In yeah, but it is. I think the need to connect with humans has always been there. To put your voice out there. You know, they'd have local radio or public radio, so people have been doing it for all. You know, call-in stations, so it's hard to say. I would say podcasts would have still gotten out somehow. Absolutely,
1: it's like talk radio. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Again, social media is a very easy, wonderful, convenient, streamlined way of saying, "Hey, a new episode's out. So, what's about? If you want to listen to that subject, check it out." <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah. All right, number five. Okay. This
1: one will never re- have anything to do with you or me because we will never be pregnant.
0: So, uh, yeah, yes, yes, you you and I, we're not talking about the Yeah, let's be clear. I just, can't, I know I can't get pregnant. I'll yeah, that's what I mean. That's what you're oh, saying. Yeah. So you and I cannot yes. get pregnant. <laughs> so that's, right. we're only speaking to me and you. We're not speaking to all genders across the board. We are saying that Jason Ryan, we identify as people being incapable of producing a child. <laughs> and I also choose not to have a child. Yes, I'm actually fixed as well, so I'm like a double whammy. I can't get pregnant and I can't get people pregnant. Oh, boy, what a disaster. This is the world we live in. I can't even believe we can't even... Okay, anyway.
1: So this can't even apply to you, uh, Becky, either, your wife.
0: That's right. She can't get pregnant by me, but... Exactly. Okay.
1: (laughs) But Facebook will know Despite you, if she becomes pregnant. Yeah. All
0: right. So this is uh, your pregnancy status is number five. So Facebook knows when you're pregnant or likely to become pregnant. That is, so you should not be surprised when you start to see ads for baby care products. Facebook allows advertisers to target pregnant women and they will target you if they suspect you are pregnant. An investigation was done by AdAge. They accused Facebook of being purposely vague about how it targets users based on their likes and interests. So for example, if you're thinking about having a baby, what are you gonna start doing? I'm gonna look at cribs, I'm gonna look at, should I breastfeed or not breastfeed articles? Home births, medicine, things I can't take while I'm pregnant, how do I know if I become pregnant? All these things are being searched for, whether it's Google, which is attached to, we know it's attached to Facebook and Google are just like bedmates. Facebook has more than 200 ways of tracking its users from the web. AdAge says that Facebook's advertising tool applies a hashtag to terms such as morning sickness, ultrasound, and privacy test, and can then serve ads with those in mind. But of course, Facebook declined to come out and say that it uses posts made by users to identify pregnant women. Facebook, for its part, said it rarely uses the content of status updates as a signal for ad targeting. But Facebook is careful to note that it doesn't use the content of status updates to target pregnant women. Not all advertisers are created equally in terms of how they define privacy as opposed to how we, the consumer or Facebook user, defines privacy. So certainly there's a gap between what marketers say that they are being told and what Facebook tells the journalists for the record. I think this is one is very not surprising. Becky and I will be talking about a product and it's it's happened to everybody. And Instagram, as you know, is connected to Facebook.
1: No, Facebook owns Instagram. There
0: you go. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll be talking about something like literally five hours later. Hey, uh, hey Becky, remember that thing we we're talking about? It's on my Instagram. I'll show it to her. I've it for it. It's insane. So it's gone beyond even the hashtags now. Now it's just the conversations. I've done it where it's right away. Yeah, yeah. But I think what makes and, this one a little bit, I'm gonna say disturbing, it's yeah, yeah, pregnancy is it's, its kind of a privacy thing. That's I think what the problem is. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's beyond just like not what dog food we wanna buy, but the fact that a woman wants to be private about her pregnancy. Think about that for a second. Let's say she's considering having an abortion. Her privacy is being invaded here, her body's doings. Facebook's like, haha, we know. And just so you know, we know. And here's how, you know, here's some things you might wanna know what we know. And where the person's like, I don't even know if I want to have the baby. I don't know if I, you know, or whatever it might be. I mean, I'm not trying to be, I'm just saying like. Y- y-. So are you saying those gender reveals <laughs> is really anti-climatic for Facebook? Yeah, pretty much. So those are cringy. You know what my gender reveal party was? It was a bunch of us uh, standing around the body of my wife as she was delivering the baby. And when the baby came out, we found out what it was. Call me old school. But Call me old school. school. That's how we did it. Yeah.
1: Uh, everything else is already a known. So let's keep that part
0: a surprise. Sad. We're old school. Number four, Jay.
1: Okay. Facebook knows your sleep pattern. Facebook knows when you're asleep and awake, like Santa. Mm -hmm. And if you do not have a problem with that, wait until you hear that it made this data publicly available to everyone. Anyone capable of writing a bit of code to extract this information from Facebook's Messenger will know your sleep pattern. Messenger contains features that detects when you are using the app on any of your devices Write writing a code to check the status of everyone on your friends list, a person can determine when their friends are online, offline, or online but idle. They can then use this information to determine when they are awake and asleep. This is just a data point that they're able to make a very, very educated algorithm guess about your behaviors. I mean, I'm sure you've done this before. You're asleep. You wake up. (laughs) And then you kind of go, I'm going to check my phone. And then you see somebody had messaged you at 1230 in the morning. You didn't see it because you were asleep. And then you click on it to see what was said. And then obviously Facebook knows that
0: you were at least awake in that window. Yeah, let's say you check your Facebook every, I'm just using a number, every 15 minutes throughout the day. And then it knows that number goes down between 9 in the evening to 7 in the morning. And it says, oh, he checked it again at 1230. They'll know, okay, during that... Moment of time he's he or she is sleeping because they rarely check if at all their Facebook updates or anything like that. Thus, they must be incapacitated, dead, or asleep. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward for sure. So, but again, the privacy issue. Maybe we have been harping on that enough. But the privacy issue here is that Facebook just knows when you're uh, <laughs> when you ever get your feet tickled. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fear that I still have does anyone have a fear of having their foot touched <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, can you imagine being that person who's writing code to see when you're asleep and awake just to tickle your toes to make well sure it's you more
0: know. of a paranormal thing but the whole idea of just if i put my foot on the blanket the ghost is like nah, can't do anything about that and i have a pretty good chance that ryan's asleep at 235 number three your breakups so back to relationships If your relationship is Facebook official, so many people do that, you know, uh, hey, I'm in a relationship with so-and-so. We've all seen it. But you're still getting ads for dating sites in your newsfeed. The social networking site may have realized something you haven't. You and your significant other are headed for Heartbreak Hotel. Check it out. A new paper co-authored by Cornell University computer scientist John Kleinberg said, Facebook data can not only predict whom you're in a relationship with, but if the relationship will go kaput. So using the rather enormous sample of 1.3 million Facebook users. That's a large sample size. I mean, that's more than enough. Kleinberg and Backstrom set out to devise an algorithm for figuring out how to successfully determine if two people were in a relationship. And it turns out the number of annoyingly cutesy selfies you post together, or even the amount of friends you have in common, aren't the prime predictors. In fact, what they discovered was that the best indicator of a relationship is how many of your mutual friends are not connected to each other. Mm. This metric is called dispersion, and it measures mutual friends, but also friends from the further flung reaches of a person's network neighborhood. So having high dispersion, or when two people have wildly dispersed clusters of friends that are linked mostly via the couple, is the best predictor of whether those two people are in a relationship. In fact, Kleinberg and Backstrom were able to correctly predict a user's spouse 60% of the time and a non-married partner one third of the time using the algorithm. Okay. So none of this is shocking. So again, the idea is you're dating, but you haven't made those connections. So Facebook's saying, "Hey, look, if your mutual friend doesn't kind of grow, <laughs> or you don't have those like you're going to weddings, anniversaries, parties, yeah, funerals to, yeah, you're, interconnected, uh This is relationship going to last because you're just you're not a part of each other's life outside of the bedroom, almost. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Well, I think this one is interesting. Facebook tracks your your mouse cursor use. What? Yeah. So if you use Facebook on your personal computer, then we should inform you that Facebook tracks your mouse cursor during a US Congress investigations into the infamous Cambridge Analytica scandal in 2018. Facebook revealed it tracks cursor movements to determine whether the user is a human or a bot. This would have been a very good excuse, except that Facebook had revealed the truth a few years earlier when it said it tracks our mouse cursor movements to determine the ads we clicked on and hover around, in one sentence, Facebook tracks our cursors to know the ads we are interested in. Even if we click on those ads or not, and you know, bite the bullet, it realizes you're just hovering over the ad, that <laughs> so you have an, a slight interest.
0: Insane. All right, last one. I we haven't really determined. Welcome to the worst of the best podcast if you're a first-time listener. But if you're not, you kind of know how we do things. But, you know, this is your 10 quote-unquote best ways that Facebook analyzes and evades your privacy, essentially. So uh, we're going to pick what we think is the worst one, maybe the worst invasive form of privacy, the one that's the most damaging or whatever you want to call it, the one we like the least, the one we would wish didn't exist, maybe the one ability that we wish they didn't have. I don't know. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah, yeah okay. no, I, I agree with that. That's kind of where I was going.
0: Okay. Now, the the last one, though, I don't think it would make either one of our lists. I think it actually is kind of a, a good, again, we talk about social media being good and bad, but this is, it's, I wouldn't say it's creepy, but it's just insane how this happened. In 2017, a man named Kashmir Hill found a long lost relative after Facebook suggested he added this individual as a friend. They had no mutual friend. They had different last names. And yet, Facebook somehow figured they were related or they should know each other. Already in this episode, Jason and I have explained that this people you may know feature works in an earlier entry, I believe it was the shadow profile one, but it's more sophisticated than just phone contact entry. It also uses your location, facial recognition technology, and even buys data from other apps. A psychiatrist once had Facebook recommending her patients to each other as friends. Mm. Okay, So, however, in what qualifies as nothing short of irony, back to the story, Kashmir Hill was researching and experimenting to decode how the Facebook friend suggestion feature worked at the time Facebook recommended he added an individual named Rebecca Porter as a friend. So, ironically, he was trying to figure out, why do I get suggestions? How does this work? Why does Facebook suggest who they suggest to me? Right. It turns out, Jason, that Miss Porter, Rebecca Porter, was Kashmir's great aunt. Okay. She married his grandfather's brother a year after he was born. Of course, Kashmir. <laughs> and that was the only time they ever met. So they did meet 35 years previous at that birth. But they had no mutual friends. And they lived far apart. She lived in Ohio while he lived in Florida. So Hill's biological grandfather, who was also called Porter, abandoned him when he was still a baby. And he was later adopted by a man named Hill. This is where he got the surname Hill. But 35 years later, Facebook linked him up with his great aunt using that shadow profile algorithm, face recognition, all that stuff. It made the connection, the behind the scenes connection that they have a history. Hey, there might be something here, you two. Yeah. And we can never do it on our own. No. Not without the billions of points of data. He was abandoned by his biological family, adopted, and Facebook reconnected to some of his relatives. But nothing on his profile would indicate that he's related to this individual other than Facebook saying, hey, we've got some data on this person. We've got some data and history on you. And guess what? You guys know each other. Have fun figuring out how and why. Right. Interesting. So and it's funny, Jay, reading this, I've gotten, I think we all have, have gotten Facebook recommendations on our Facebook page without mutual friends. I wonder why now I've gotten those people. You know, that would be a fun mystery to solve. The next time you, dear listeners... Get a Facebook recommendation for a friend where there's no mutual friends. Creep through Facebook profile, see what interests or whatever you might have in common. Why was this person recommended to me by the Facebook? It wasn't right. Ra- it wasn't random.
1: No, it feels random when it happens.
0: But it's not. You're right. With this list, you can see how it There's too much data points. There's a reason why Facebook said, Hey, Ryan, hey Jason, hey listener. This person and you might just know each other somehow. Why? And what a fun journey that might be! The next time I get asked to be a mutual friend with somebody that's not a mutual friend, I might just add them and say, "Hey, do we know each other?" (laughs) Interesting. I'll dig deeper the next time. Yeah. All right. So there's the ten. Yeah. Let's review the ten. Yeah, I'll let you go ahead and do that. Starting from number ten: your political ideology, your love life,
1: your calls, message, text messages, messengers, your existence. Your very existence, your location, pregnancy status, sleep pattern, breakups, a mouse cursor, and lost and forgotten relatives.
0: It's easy for me. A lot of it, it makes sense against that necessary evil. I use the car analogy. We know carbon emissions suck. Nobody's not driving. Come on. We all know you're driving your car. You're probably in the car right now listening to this episode. That's just a necessary evil. And I think social media and or the internet or any algorithm that – put this way, if you have a cell phone, these algorithms are being used against you.
1: It's also a psychology thing, right? Yeah. You get a you get a large group of people and yeah. we, they continue to collect data. And the more data that they collect, the, the more fine-tuned the information they have about people You know, regarding relationships, politics, breakups, pregnancy. I mean it's all things that we – almost willingly give to them and they have such a vast amount of information that they can bring together it's they know about you but they really don't know about you they just know the the points of data and and the algorithms that are associated with all that it's a big massive social experiment to sell us stuff back to ourselves it's not like oh my goodness they know about my love life and how did they figure that out yeah
0: i think the one that if i had to it's kind, most of them are kind of like whatever they're going to figure me out with the algorithm data point I can, you can't escape it it doesn't i've kind of consigned the fact that it's just the way the world is now but the one that i wouldn't mind if it just stopped existing is the whole I'm having a log of all my texts that's that's mine <laughs> yeah i'm not going to i'm not going to say i've never sent a bad text but i'm also saying eh, if all my texts and you know and messenger logs cease to exist my sleeping pattern at night that Facebook is tracking would be even better.
1: <laughs> like, I don't know if phone calls are vocally recorded. They are. Okay. Well, but the fact that text messages, which can be very private for a whole variety of reasons, that one bothers me the most.
0: Agreed. I think it was kind of an easy pick. I, But yeah, I think if anything ceased to exist, I think having access to our text at any point would be great if they just ceased to exist. But they won't. <laughs> So choose wisely what you say. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed this one. Yeah. It's good to be reminded about how you're being spied on. Remember, even if you delete Facebook, they still got you on a shadow profile, my friends. The only thing you do is really get rid of your phone and truly live off the grid.
1: Yeah. Phone. Uh, Personal computer to another extent as well.
0: All right. Well, remember, in front of every silver lining, there's a cloud. And we're here to help you find it. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for coming on. We Hope to have you on again.
1: Thanks, brother. GammaGator Productions.